Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. guys welcome back to the sideline podcast with coach steve this is coach steve today's guest uh i'm glad to have him on is coach zach davis um you know like i I told him right before never personally met him but social media this is how you meet people now so i was glad to make another connection here um coach could you please introduce yourself i think i've got seven or eight listeners nowadays so could you please introduce yourself to anybody that may not know who you are yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Zach Davis. I'm the head football coach at Nitro High School, uh, which is a really cool name of a high school. Uh, Nitro High School in Nitro, West Virginia. Uh, we, uh, we're a double-A school in West Virginia. West Virginia only goes to triple-A. We have about 770 students in high school, and this will be my third year as the head coach at Nitro if we get to play this season. So, <laughs> uh, like a lot, I'm sure anyone in Illinois, from what I read, y'all aren't playing football yet, correct? Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that dumpster fire here soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's there are teams in our state that have played all their games, and there's teams that have played no games, and we are in the no game category so far because we have this color map that bases that that colors different counties based on percent positive and total cases. So we haven't played one yet. Hopefully, we get to play one not this week, but next week. So we'll uh, we'll see if that happens. hopefully you do that'll be one of my questions we can talk about the dumpster fires that are going on right now but i'll take a deep breath on that one um yeah illinois is not playing until march as of right now um but yeah i'll get to that um the first question i ask everybody that comes on because i'm always interested is how did you get into coaching um because i was 15 16 years old and i said this is what i'm going to do i'm going to coach football basketball and all that uh, my head coach was kind of the guy that was the forerunner for that. 
Um, so I was just asking everybody, how'd you get into coaching? Was it from playing? Was it from a coach, a mentor, or, you know, because we lose hair in this sport. I'm already losing my hair. Oh man. I've wanted to be a, a coach since I can back way back since I can, well, as far back as I can remember, uh, my dad, my dad was my coach in high school. He wasn't the head coach. He was my position coach. I played offensive line. Uh, his dad was a, was a high school head football coach. And I knew it, I, that's what I wanted to do. I, you know, until this year, I hadn't missed a, you know, a game week for golly, going on 20 something years. So uh, just knew I, knew I wanted to do it. Knew I wanted to help young men become better young men. I played high school football, played college football. And when I got done with college, I went, I went excuse me, right into coaching. And uh, I was assistant coach for a little bit. And I've been a head coach for the past six years. And I love it. I love every day. I love my, I love what I do. And uh, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like I can imagine not coaching something, which is what's happening right now. And so now I'm figuring it out. I'm like, I'm losing my mind a little bit. Uh, so where did you play your college ball? And uh, did you play offense or defense or? Uh, yeah, I was a, I was offensive lineman about 80 pounds ago. <laughs> uh, I played at uh, East Carolina University for a couple of years. And I transferred to Liberty University and finished out there. And I was a, I was, I played all five positions on the offensive line in games while I was at Liberty. I ended up starting my senior year at left tackle. And we went 10 and two that year. That was 2008. That was my senior year. Uh, our tailback was a guy named Rashad Jennings uh, who played in the NFL for a little bit. So, uh, we ran a lot of inside zone and power, and he rushed for a bunch of yards. <laughs> we we had a we won the conference championship uh, my sophomore, excuse me, my junior and senior years uh, there, two thousand seven and two thousand eight. That was that was fun. Uh, they were one and ten year, year before I transferred there, and we ended up ten and two my senior year, and that was a that was a cool turnaround to see. Um, yeah, I was rooting for East Carolina yesterday. But they didn't work out, probably because I was rooting for him. Uh, so when you – since playing O-line, uh, when you start coaching, is that what you started to coach? Did you coach another position? Because um, I'm going to get this question out. You've said that. Um, I've asked a couple of coaches, and this may be a dumb question, and this may be the quarantine, COVID quarantine talking. Um, I moved up here to the Chicago suburbs about two and a half years ago. And every year a coach has reached out to me and I've coached offensive line for years. And they said, I need an old line guy. I need an old line guy. And I started to realize it's never, I need a quarterback guy. I need a wide receiver guy. I need this guy. It's an old line guy. So I was like, is there a shortage of offensive line coaches? Do people not want to coach the big boys anymore? Like, uh, is it just too tough for people? I don't know. Or you could tell me that's quarantine talking, Steve, shut up. Like you're losing your mind. <laughs> No, I I think that it's hard to find good offensive line coaches. Um, but I think if you can find a good one, that's probably the most valuable coach on the staff. Because if your offensive line's good, you're going to be good or have a chance to be good on offense. Uh, you know, I think skill guys are, are easy to find. Go find a baseball player, basketball player. Uh, teach them how to carry the football. Teach them what to do in your scheme. Uh, but developing good linemen, I think – uh, is something that 
can be done, but it's a skill that you, have, you need a skilled craftsman to be able to develop some, an offensive line. And I know I love coaching that position. It's so fun. And uh, I think it's easy to get results quickly coaching offensive line. Cause usually you're, you're taking the, the worst athletes on the team and you're, and you're teaching them simple skills and they can become good at those skills pretty quickly. If you can coach it and rep it and, uh, if you have a good offensive line good, 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 and a good offensive line coach, then you're definitely going to be pretty good. I think you will be. Yeah, I don't think I'm any good, but I think since I've done it for so many years, they're like, oh, he's good enough. Let's put him there because um, that's what I played. So that's what I've coached. I've coached quarterbacks and running backs. I've coached every position besides corners at some point um, in my 11 years of doing this. Uh, and they gave me title run game coordinator. I just think to make me happy, I think that's a glorified way to say you're the old line coach that you're the uh, run game coordinator. Uh, but I talked to another coach about it, and I think it's because it's it's like the only position where you have five guys to look at at one time to make sure they're doing what they need to do. Like, yeah, you've got your receivers if there's four of them, but sometimes you don't look at one of them because they were doing something to run off another guy. Five guys to look at at one time. So your mind's going all over. And I don't think guys want to do that. They'd rather coach one spot and worry about that one spot. Uh, and I could be wrong, but some people might look at it and say, I don't want to look at five guys all at one time. Yeah. I, I, like you said, you know, those, all, those five guys have to work together. So if they're not working together, then you're probably going to have a, a negative yardage play or a sack. So they have to be on the same page. Plus, you know, if you run a, t- if you use a tight end, you're going to probably be involved in coaching him uh, to some degree. We're blessed to have a tight ends coach, so he he coaches them. Uh, but yeah, you got to you got to make all five of those guys work together. It's like it's like you know the fingers on your hand when they work together, they're like a fist. And if they're not, but if they're not working together, it's not very strong. Uh, and uh, you know, that's part of the reason why I like the the wing T. It's like artistry. Them working together is uh, it's like art when it when it when it clicks, it clicks. And man, it is it is beautiful. The wing T is a a beautiful beautiful offense. Oh, that's a curse word around here. We don't we don't speak of that. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, we'll get to that later. That'll be another question. Um, so we'll just get right into one of the questions that I just said earlier. So how has COVID affected West Virginia? And then I can get into how COVID affected Illinois. But how does it affect you guys, West Virginia? I, I try to keep up with every state, but your guys is a unique situation, in my opinion. It's very odd. Yeah, I don't think you could have handled it any worse than the than what we've handled than the way we've handled it. Um, so we uh, about a week before the season started, this color map got dropped on us, and it's it was it, originally it was based on the amount of cases in your county per hundred thousand people on a seven day uh, on a seven day average. So um, in green, you're good. It's like three to six cases. Yellow is like six to nine, somewhere around there. But once you get to 10 and above, well, 10 to 24 on the original map was orange. So you could practice and couldn't play. And then 25 cases and above per 100,000 was red. So you couldn't do anything. You couldn't have any after school activities. And in orange and red, you aren't in school. In yellow and green, you are in school. So we played our first scrimmage because we were in yellow. Then we turned orange. Then we turned red. Then the governor wanted to 
try to help more people play. So we added a color, which was gold, which cut, which was like from, I think like 10 to 14.9 cases per hundred thousand. And now they're basing off of percent positive per hundred thousand people on a seven day average. It is a complete disaster. I mean, the map changes about every day and it's, so who can play is, is dictated by the map and what county you're in. And where we are in Kanawha County is the largest county population-wise in the state. So uh, we aren't playing again this week because we were orange on Saturday. So the kicker, another other thing is uh, what color you are on Saturday at 5 p.m. determines what color you are for the entire week. So if you're orange on Saturday, it doesn't matter what happens during the week. You're staying orange. Um, so it's – Steve, it's uh, – it's really is a disaster. It's probably going to cost our governor uh, his job, which it should, because it's a hor- he made a horrible decision doing this. Because um, you're going to have teams that play all their games and teams that play one game or teams that play three games and teams that play no games. And it's just uh, – it was a very, very poor decision. Yeah, that, I don't know if I could keep up with, with all of that. Um, Illinois has been – I'm going to be careful how I say these things because there's a lot going on. It's been a dumpster fire, and right now, so back when this started, he tried to make regions, and like up here in the suburbs, they put us with Cook County of the city of Chicago. Well, that's a huge populated area, so what was going on there was completely different than the suburb I live in, which is about an hour away, like more west, we're western suburbs. Then it came out with a whole new regions, well, now we're our own region, and then our governing body uh, was kicking the can down the road, trying to see what was going to happen. Then they were getting sued. So they said, okay, we'll let our governor and the state department of health make the decisions. But then there's not good communication between those two. So then it came out that they split the fall season into two. So right now we have cross country swimming and tennis going on, but then football, volleyball, and soccer got moved First practice can be February 15th, which here in Illinois, that could be 60 degrees or negative 20. We don't, it just kind of depends. Uh, And then the first football game could be March 5th. We'll get to play seven games, maybe have a two week playoff, and then we're done. And then baseball and track and field can start in May right after that. Well, now all the states around us are starting to play. You see states reversing their decisions. Um, we're the only state in the Midwest that is not playing. We have the lowest positivity rate. I think it was like 3.5% or 3.4% now. Um, We have rallies going on. They're trying to get schools open. They're trying to get football back and soccer and volleyball. And uh, he's come out and said that he is not going to even talk to the IHSA or the Department of Health about this. We're going to stick to it. And the way he's talking, we could not even play in the spring because he wants the positivity rate to be under 2%. Uh, and then he said other states have a higher case because they're playing sports, which is not true because if that was true, you would see the surgeons come up in schools, which is not happening. Uh, so he's not listening to anybody. Then he comes out and says he doesn't make decisions. It's the scientists and doctors and I'm a simple country kid and I'm like, well, what are the doctors seeing in other States that we're not seeing or anything like that? So it's been all over the place. Coaches are fighting right now to get, you know, the fall to start in October. 
because we're afraid of flu season of what that's going to turn into. So we're all over the place. Yeah, I, that's that's similar to what um, you know our our governor's done. I think he is he has listened too much to people who are overly concerned uh, as far as the medical professionals in our state. And you know, it's amazing Ohio and Kentucky can play, and they have a lot more people in cases than we have. And for some reason, little old Kanawha County, and this is this will make you laugh. So Kanawha County is the most populous county in the state, and we have, give or take, 180,000 people in it, which is really nothing when you look at metropolitan areas around the country. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's frustrating to say the least, but we, we just move on and we, we move on and press on and, and try to do what we can this week to help our guys stay engaged. And really, a big part of it is try to keep them, in, keep them engaged in school because it's all online right now. So you're trying to just make that contact with them when, when we can practice. So w- this week we can condition because we're in orange and just trying to make contact with them to keep them engaged and involved to be able to um, to stay involved in their schoolwork. Yeah, uh, Illinois is like that. It just depends on your school district. Like a lot of school districts, Chicago land and suburbs were all remote but then once you go down where i grew up in central illinois all of them they're back in school some are hybrid some are full go and they're fine uh so that's why you're seeing a lot of pushback of you know let's go back and that's what these rallies are for is to get back in school because zoom is not like that remote stuff it's just parents are like it's not working and uh but that's the big thing is just making sure they're on top of their grades because you know you should be able to have good grades being remote learning but the kids are not doing it so we're able to start contact days now. So we got to be with the kids last week. So at least we're moving forward, but you know, we just tell the kids control what you can control. We let them know that they do have a voice. So if they do those rallies, just be safe, but they have a voice right now. Uh, We're fighting for them to play as soon as possible, but we also control what we can control. And that's all we can do. Uh, and then some coaches tell these kids, remember when you're 18 and you go vote when the governor's up for re-election? And then I just kind of stay out of that talk. I'm like, yeah, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, gee whiz, man. It's, it's, it, is, it is an interesting uh, time to teach our kids about politics, like you were saying as well. Like, hey, if you, you don't believe in what this guy's saying, when you when you can vote, you know, get him out of there. <laughs> yeah. I, it's sad how politics easily comes into sports now. So that's why I try to watch what I say. Like I just explain what's going on in Illinois and I leave it at that and keep my comments to myself. Cause you don't want those kids to get the wrong impression or think this or think that. And, but what a time to be alive. What a time is what I tell them. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's wild, man, for sure. We're, we're pushing, we're pushing forward, right? That's, that's really all we can do, you know? Right. Yeah. That's, that's what we're telling. We're going forward. We, at least there's an opportunity to play or get better. And that's what we do. Um, so that's a, enough COVID talk. Um, so I was just going to ask you a basic question. So you talked about the wing T earlier. So I was going to ask, what's your offensive philosophy, your defensive philosophy? I wouldn't be doing my podcast job if I didn't ask those questions. That's, Cause that's what coaches want. They want to know X's and O's and, all that good stuff. So, uh, we are like a gun, 
gun wing T um, lat, not that for this year and for, for the foreseeable future. Uh, last year we were, we were 10 personnel, you know, spread, but we ran, you know, basically all, all wing T concepts, jet sweep, counter, QB belly, uh, QB power. Our quarterback's probably our best runner. Um, you know, we and we won four games last year for the first time since 2007. And in our four wins, we rushed for 1,500 yards and threw for 111. If that gives you any idea of uh, our offense. So we had about 4,000 yards of offense, three, 3, 000, give or take 3,000 was rushing, 1,000 was passing. Um, we led our county in scoring at 34 points a game. Uh, we are a no-huddle wristband team. We are not up-tempo, though, so we'll line up in a formation. Uh, I'll, I call the plays, so I'll see what they're in, get some input from up top, and then we try to call the best play that we can. We don't carry a lot of formations, uh, but in our formations, we can attack – in all of our formations, excuse me, we can attack any area of the field, uh, which is very similar to – you know, how the Peyton Manning offenses were back in the day. I remember being a kid watching those and they only ran a handful of formations, but they could, they could expose you wherever they needed to on the field out of any of those formations. And I don't want to be an offense that, Hey, we line up in this formation, you know, what we're running. No, we'll have like, you know, 10 different options of things we can run out of that formation. So we don't have tendencies. Uh, now, can you have down distance tendencies? Sure. If it's, you know, fourth and short, our 235-pound quarterback's probably carrying the ball. Um, but, you know, as far as a play, you can't really nail us down. And that's, that's something I believe in. I know different people believe different things, but that's something that, uh, that we like to do. No, I, I'm really uh, – so I grew up playing like an under center uh, option. And the way I explain it to people is if you can picture the old Maryland eye formation um, – quarterback, fullback, halfback, tailback. If you took that halfback and moved it a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left, that was like our base formation. We could run any type of option, any type of power, lead. I did that. Then I coached in a pro style. Then I slowly started coaching a spread. And I, I love spread offense. I don't care. Spread you out to pass and spread you out to run it. Uh, but one team I was on, we went 10-1 and one that year. We literally ran trips two by two and empty. And that was it. Every single play could be ran out of every single formation. We could motion. We didn't have that many plays. We only had those formations, but you never knew what we were going to do. You could come out and do whatever. So I love being stupid, simple. I love being able to do every play out of every uh, formation. Just, you know, they, you never know what they're going to do, but I'm starting to like, I love watching like pistol wing T stuff. I love watching that stuff. I think it's dangerous nowadays. Um, especially when I'm watching this RPO stuff off of it. I think it's going to be something because it's football's going back to that. It's funny. It was wing T stuff under center now, and then it was spread. Now you're seeing guys go backwards a little bit to say, well, let's run these wing T run blocking concepts all of a sudden. It's funny how it comes full circle right back to what it was. Yeah. And, you know, for us, we're never going to have world beaters up front. So we want angles right uh we want some multiplicity in the run game you know i for a couple of years I, the first place i was a head coach for for three years we were heavy inside zone outside zone but we had an offensive line that all the guys could bench with 300 pounds they were all 250 and up and for our area that's you know, that's that's a good offensive line that's a big good offensive line 
so we were we were hit we were really heavy inside zone and we tried that here at nitro for a year and that's just not going to work here and that's the beauty of coaching high school football is you can't recruit your personnel so you better adapt to it <laughs> or or you're going to be in trouble if you're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole so right um it's something that helps us you know we, we use a lot of motion orbit motion jet motion uh to try to get your eyes looking somewhere they're not supposed to be and uh, try to give us an advantage that way as well hi i'm maria and i'm mike and we're team, team ready. ready black hills energy knows your home is where your heart is so they want you to be ready it's all about keeping you safe prepared and making your home as energy efficient as possible Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. So I, there's a couple of coaches I've had on here from uh, South Carolina and Virginia, and we get a little debates, and one of them asked me why the spread, and, I, and my personal reason was I feel like I could adapt the spread to the kids I have. And they said, what do you mean? And I said, well, for example, if I install like a Mike Leach with his formations, but I find out that, like you said, maybe my lineman can't do quite inside zone or whatever, you can adapt that. If you have to bring it in tight and run more H-back tight ends, you can adapt it. And that's just my opinion. I'd rather do that than be another center wing T, find out my kids can be spread out and run it and then try to do that. Um, but I think you can go both ways. It's, it's fun to get in those debates, but that's just me personally. And that's why I, I watch the pistol wing tee stuff, because I feel like then you could start to dabble in different things if you get those kids. Because if you get a kid that can throw dimes or fast wide receivers, you could spread them out a little bit, I think. But uh, what do I know? I'm a country kid. I'm a football coach. I don't know anything. Yeah, I mean, we're we're never under center. Um, now you can, now that in high school you can spike the ball from the gun. We we don't we'll spike it from the gun. We don't even take victory from under the center. Um, you know, and like when, when in our, like in our gun wing T stuff, we're an empty sometimes of the tight wing through receivers opposite. And then if we're in like a, the traditional you know red and blue stuff that people you can read in the Tubby Raymond book, um, our quarterbacks in the gun at four yards and the guys. That's called technical difficulties, which is fine. Uh, no doubt. Coach, the last thing I heard you talk about was how you'll line up empty and uh, still have your wing through empty and uh, motion and all that with it. That's the last thing I got out of it before it stopped. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll go – so we're like tight wing right, trips left. Uh, that's empty for us. And then your traditional set, you know, like split left, tight wing right, wing left. Uh, then the quarterback for us will still be in the gun, and then the fullback will be – either in front of the quarterback. So for us, the fullback in our regular stuff lines up away from the tight end. And we run a whole series of plays out of that motion to the tight end, motion away from the tight end, uh, run game, play action game. Uh, if the fullback's carrying the ball, we snap it directly to him. So we feel like we have, we have, you know, four ball carriers back there. Um, you know, so that's, that's good for us. We like that. Um, and we just try to, Try to keep it simple for us, but complex for other people. And then we have a, a decent screen game as well in our package. So that's something we will use as well. Um, so I know you say you don't really pass the ball, but like what, what kind of passing plays do you have? Is it just literally slants and hitches or do you have any of the air raid passing stuff? I know some guys, 
that might be wing tee pistol stuff. They're like, oh, I could do mesh and shallow just in case. Like if we need yeah, to pass we don't the ball. Mesh or shallow. We run waggle, which to me is Y cross. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, I, I used to coach in the air raid system, like the Franklin system or whatever it was. Called. Uh-huh. Um, and then we run like our quick games, some air raid stuff, like vertical speed out. That's old, old school air raid. Um, you know, we run slant arrow. We run post wheel. Um, we run like a comeback with the corner over the top. Uh, really simple stuff. Uh, but we just try, we just try to attack different areas of the field. Uh, we do throw a middle screen. So if you're, you know, blitz, like blitz zero or, you know, blitz hot fire zone stuff, then we can, uh, try to take advantage of some middle field screen stuff. And we have a good tight end. So on that, we're running waggle and he's running the crosser. Uh, he's good hands. He gets open. He catches the ball well. And it's it's been a good offense for us. It's something that we've morphed into the last couple of years. And uh, we just hope we can, we can use it this year. Yeah, I hope you guys can too. Because uh, even though I like my spread and air raid stuff, I don't think I could pass the ball 70 times. So I really like to hear how people – can use all of this stuff and still run the ball. The offense alignment in me is like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, especially me being a run game coordinator now. I'm like looking at that stuff. I'm like, yeah, we need to run the ball and do this and do that. Uh, so what did you think of Mississippi State yesterday? I was loving it. Yeah, man, you know, the crazy thing is I – see, I see Mike Leach and then guys like Todd Munkin at Army as the same person. So they have their system. And they're going to run it come hell or high water. And mm-hmm. that's what they know, and that's what they coach. And it's not complicated. Like, you watch Mississippi State play. They're getting man, they're running mesh. And they're going to run their all their variations of mesh. If they get zone, they're running wide cross, wide corner, stick, uh, things of that nature, you know, vertical game stuff. So they were – like, the first – one of their first touchdowns, they were in three by one, and – LSU was in their their quarters checks. They were poaching. Looked like they were poaching three vertical, and the, the backside corner was man like was cover zero man to man on the on their I guess that's their Z to the boundary, and the guy beat him went score a touchdown. So I mean that's not a complex play call. Uh, they just they're good at because that's what they do. They just do it over and over and over and over again. You know the same thing with a style offensive like Army or Navy. That's just what they do. They just do it. They don't change. They just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And they become really good at it. And they can beat people they're probably not better than because they can execute their play call versus anything they see. Yeah. um, Because some people, when they hear air, like I know a couple years ago, like when he got to Washington State, people heard air raid and they thought it was this complex offense. And it's like, no, it's not. It's not a lot of plays. Uh, It's just a couple of checks. And like you said, like if you can make it simple and those kids don't have to think whether in high school or college, they're confident in what they're doing. And I tweeted this out this morning. I said, he's a breath of fresh air, I think, to that program. Like, they're confident. They can play fast. Um, and they're going to win with what they do or lose with what they do. And he's not going to be mad at if they lose with what they do. He's just going to say, we didn't execute. We didn't work hard enough. And he's not going to change it. He's not going to say, well, let's scrap it and go to a different offense. And same thing with Army, Army and Navy and them. That's why I respect those coaches and that was those programs because the same thing like why change what we do they just beat us you know we didn't execute we didn't do what we needed to do so I respect guys like Mike Leach and all of them and you know I'm glad to see that they won yet I love Coach O at LSU so this was a hard game for me but 
it was nice to see uh, him shut up some of the doubters, I think, of his offense down there at the SEC. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'm sure the haters will come back again because somebody will shut them down. And, oh, the air air raid doesn't work. People are just fickle. And that's just the way it'll always be. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but I was loving it. I mean, it was a good game. At least it wasn't like a blowout. It was a good game. Uh, but what people don't realize, and I'm getting off topic, and this is what I do, and I try not to, but guys run versions of his air raid offense. You see every team in college almost has some type of air raid play in there somewhere. And so whether they want to admit it or not, like he's influenced the game, him and how Mummy and Franklin and all that, they influenced it. So I don't get why people say, oh, it doesn't work. Well, people are running it. Uh, LSU was running some of it last year and it worked. So I don't know why it was such a big deal that he, they're like, Oh, the air raid in the sec, like people have been running those plays for years now. Yeah. I mean, even LSU last year, you know, people, people said that's a pro style passing game. Well, I mean, passing game, you, you have, there's only really, really only two types of passing game. There's vertical passing game and horizontal passing game how you want to get the receivers in the spots where you want them to catch the ball is up to you, but there's really only vertical and horizontal passing game. So, I mean, call it what you want, but if you're throwing the ball, you're doing one of those two. So yeah, that's right, kind yeah. of how my brain works. Yeah. See, I get off topic, but I was loving what was, I was, it, it was an exciting game. I should say like, it didn't matter who really won. It was just exciting. Um, so you as a head coach, what, is your defensive philosophy since you're the head coach you kind of have to know what's going on on every with everything so what kind of defense do you talk to your defensive coordinator about like what do you guys decide on what to do and uh, how to play in the uh district or conference that you guys play in yeah i have a great defensive coordinator uh, his name's michael hughes uh, he came to us from a from a rival high school so that's a that's a win for us uh, <laughs> he's a he loves the four three, and it fits our personnel uh, for this year. Uh, you know, maybe next year or more uh, odd front stuff like three down, like three down, three four stuff. Uh, but to me, you know, four three three four is interchangeable. So it's a two high defense. You can roll to one high. Uh, it's simple, but it's multiple, and that's that's what I like uh, about about defense is keep it simple. Uh, don't don't have many coverages. It's one of my core philosophies. I think you can only practice like two coverages a week. So only carry a couple coverages. I get good at just a few things. And defense is all about, you know, lining up right, getting off blocks, making tackles. Um, you know, in the secondary, have your eyes right for, for whatever coverage is called, whether that's quarters or cover one. or uh, We've run some cover three around here, not a lot. Uh, we, run, we run a lot of man-to-man. Uh, we're generally not very big, but we are pretty athletic. So we feel like we can play man uh, versus most of our schedule. And that's something we've done. Our defense was not very good last year. We made some changes, uh, brought, a, brought in a new coordinator. And uh, our personnel's grown up, though. That's the, one of the biggest parts of it. We had some guys that, that are, were going to be and are going to be good football players. They were just puppies last year, man. They were freshmen and sophomores. And those guys are growing up to be juniors and sophomores. And we feel like our defense is going to be a, a lot better going forward. Yeah, the school I'm at now, it's my first time. I got hired back in June and July. So I got hired the perfect time during COVID. Um, but I'm inheriting an offensive line, like a lot of them. And they were all sophomores last year. So now they're all juniors. And so it's going to be fun to see what I can do with that. Um, so 
did you ever think about coaching in college since you played in college? Was that maybe like a goal to maybe go coach in college? Is that still a goal? Or do you think you found your calling, your sweet spot, the uh, coaching high school kids? I have had a, I've had a couple opportunities uh, to coach in college. One was to be a defensive coordinator. One was to be an offensive line coach. Uh, I turned them both down. I, I love coaching in high school. I think it's it's the place to be as a coach. You can develop young men, and you're, you have a lot more job security, too. There's this thing called retirement that we have, and uh, I don't want to give that up. Uh, you know, when I'm 55, I can technically retire. Now, I probably won't ever retire because I don't have another hobby. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, high school, I think is the place to be I we really, my wife and I really thought about, do we want to explore college coaching? And then no, I mean, unless you make it division one to division one, you're almost living below the poverty line, uh, with what they say, <clears throat> division two, division three, NAIA coaches. So, and we have two little girls, so we don't want to do that. And, uh, we don't have to move every like year if your coach gets fired or you want to take a better job because you want to make more than $20,000 a year as a college coach. So. We felt like teaching, coaching in high school is a good plan, and we're going to stay with it. Yeah, uh, I, you're, I'm saying that a lot. Like, uh, like that was one of my goals was college, but I keep coaching high school, and I'm like, well, I kind of like this because it's one thing to move from. I coached at a high school last year, went to a different high school, but it's only 25 minutes away, so I didn't have to move to another state to do that. It's right, like, oh, yeah. 25 minutes, uh, you know, east instead of whatever. And uh, I had a buddy. He was a GA for, we went to Eastern Illinois University uh, where Tony Romo went, Sean Payton went. Uh, we were there when Jimmy G was there uh, mm-hmm. and Dino Babers and he GA'd for them. Then he GA'd for Northern Iowa. Then he GA'd at UTEP. And then he was just kind of like, you know, I want to go back to high school. He said, there's a lot of stuff that happens in college football behind the scenes that he just doesn't like. And he told me what they were and I'll keep them to myself. And I said, okay that kind of sums it up. So he went back now he's coaching. He coached middle. He's coaches uh, middle school football in Texas, middle school. And uh, goodness, he co- uh, teaches PE. He coaches middle school football, middle school track. And the starting pay was like 60 some thousand dollars in Texas. And, yes, sir. and so he keeps telling me all the time to come down there. That's by the Dallas area. And he goes, you should see the high school we filter into. <laughs> and, He's like, it's a different world. He's so glad he got out of the college stuff. He feels better at a middle school, high school level. So it's just kind of funny how people kind of stop wanting to go to college as much now. Yeah, no doubt. I, especially those lower levels, NAIA, Division Two, II, Division Three. They're just those. Four, I don't know how those coaches do it. I got a lot of respect for them, but some of them aren't making but you know ten, eleven thousand dollars a year. I don't, I don't know how they do that. I talked to a couple. They have to do like that's like their part time job. And then my question is, well, to be a college coach, you're recruiting, you're always doing this. Like, how can that be your part-time job? Then you go work another job. Like, I don't know how they do it. They go, we don't sleep. And I was like, you either don't sleep or you don't plan to have a family anytime soon. Like, I don't know how you do that. Or they have really high hopes to get to division one very quickly. But I respect, like you said, I respect it. Like, I don't know if I could, it's hard enough to do high school. That's a part-time job, let alone doing college, let alone doing that. Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) Um, so you do have your own podcast. I try to listen. To, there's so many coaches podcasts I try to listen to. It's like every day I try to listen to somebody new. So I've tried to listen to yours. I love the title. I wish I would have thought of that. Mind of a football coach. Uh, that's a perfect title. 
so how'd you come up with doing a podcast? Um, cause this, this has been, uh, a lot of work for me. Yeah. I, I went back and forth. Like, did I want to, I don't know, write a book or do some kind of like publication. And I thought, well, if I can just talk and it records, <laughs> that sounds like a good, a much easier idea to get your, you know, your vision out there to help people. And, uh, so I started a podcast in 2017 and here we are, you know, about three years later. And I just, I've loved doing it. I've, you know, I've upgraded my equipment and stuff. I have an actual microphone now. Hopefully it sounds better and stuff like that. Um, but it's just been fun and it's been cool to be able to meet different people too. You ask people to be on and you think to yourself, well, they come on and they say, yeah, sure. And that's, that's been the funnest part is getting to talk to different people and then put it out there for people to, to listen to and maybe gain something from it. Uh, I don't have a ton of listeners, but that's fine. I don't really care. I don't, I don't pay to advertise or anything like that. So uh, it's, it's been fun and it's something I look, look forward to doing every week, about every week. And uh, I'll keep, keep going, going forward with it. Yeah. I originally started it back in February of this year. And I just kind of wanted to get into that. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it ESPN. It was like, I'm just going to get on and talk about the sports that are going on. I have a, my best friend growing up. We kind of want to do our own like mini show, I guess you could call it. Like, oh, we're going to do a, a recap of sports or talk about it. Uh, and then COVID hit, so there was no sports to talk about. So I kind of stopped. And then uh, Coach Sheffer, uh, coach in Virginia, he does his foot, uh, podcast, his uh, program profiles. I got on there for a few of them. And I said, kind of said, screw it. I'm going to get back on and do mine. And I got the courage and I started sending coaches messages. And I was like, it's, I always feel like they're going to say no, but it's very surprising how many are like, yeah, sure. I'll come on. Yeah, uh, And that's kind of like, that's so cool too. Cause people like you would think some people you ask would be like, ah, you're, you know, you're not big, big time enough, but they, people are generally just want to talk. <laughs> that's been fun, especially with COVID, you know? Yeah, I said it's like it's cheap therapy. You don't have to pay me to talk for 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, but that could be a job. I could charge people 10 bucks. Like, hey, t give me 10 bucks. You could talk on a podcast for an hour. But, Absolutely. No doubt. Uh, but no, it's fun. Like I said, uh, this is the new way to meet people. So uh, I just send people messages. They come on. I get, And I'm not going in debt over this. Like, I'm not paying all this money to do this. I have this little microphone, and that's about it. There you and go. don't have to do much with it. Uh, so you've been a head coach for a couple of times. Uh, I'm interested in your advice or how you went about uh, building a culture or like building a program. Like how did you go about it or what advice or anything you want to talk about how to build a culture or a program uh, for any younger coaches out there or maybe someone that's a brand new head coach, especially during COVID. Like I, our head coach is his first year. And I said, you picked the perfect time to become a head coach to, with, with COVID going on. Yeah. A couple thoughts about that. Number one, don't be too rigid when you take over a new program. I think some guys go into it and they think we're going to do it this way and exactly this way, because this is how we did it where I was. We were obviously successful enough. The program that we came from, right, that we should just copy that. And I, that's not that's not a good formula, in my opinion, because uh, every school is a little different. 
Now, do your core values need to be there? Teamwork, toughness, win the day. Those are our things. Um, yes, those should be there. Do that. Uh, but the the details of each job are different. So how, how are you going to reach your kids? How are you going to get more kids to play football? Because they're hiring you because something went wrong with the other staff usually. Um, they want a better result. So, you know, you're going to have to figure out how do I get kids to buy in, right? I think being yourself is the best way to do that. And then kids want to be able to contact you these days. Have a Twitter. Uh, I give all of our players my cell phone number. They text me. They FaceTime me. They call me. Usually text, but they, the other ones have happened as well as the FaceTime and the calling. And then it's just building it day by day, knowing that as a head coach, you're going to be a fireman. You're going to put out fires all the time. And I wish somebody would have told me that going into it, that <laughs> you're going to have something that's a challenge every day and just learn to be level, try to be level-headed and just you know solve it with the, to the best of your ability. Is everything going to be perfect? No. Is everything going to be bad? No, it's going to be somewhere in between. It's the ability to handle the good and the bad and just try to stay even keel and keep pushing the program forward. Some days that's a millimeter and some days that's a mile, but just try to keep it going forward to the to the best of your ability. Yeah, uh, this head coach, he is already at the school. He's a D coordinator. Then he got hired to be the head coach back in February before this happened. Um so he kind of saw what the program was, no offense to the head coach before him, but he's being himself like the couple of contact days. I'm like, he's being himself. He's not, he's doing what he thinks is best. And he had a little bit of an insight of what was happening with the program and how to change it. So uh, it's going to be fun, uh, but that's good advice for some young coaches. It's, and it's not too complicated advice. It's very simple. It's hard work, but it's very mm-hmm. simple. Like I said, I'm stupid simple. I'm not simple stupid. I'm stupid simple for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think everything that's – almost all advice that's good advice is simple, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. But there's stuff that we should do every day. Like I'd give our kids the example. I don't want to brush my teeth every morning, but you do it because it's good for you and it, <laughs> it's something you need to do. Uh, right. That's not a complex thing, but you need to do it. And right. I think people that can master the mundane of their lives will, will be successful, more successful people that just look for, Hey, what excites me today? Well, you know, newsflash, as you get older, there aren't going to be that many things that excite you on a daily basis. And that's something I think we, we teach high school kids through our programs is man, you just have to embrace, embrace the mundane, man. You just got to go and attack the day. You got to get your schoolwork done. You got to get your lift in. We got to practice. Is there anything flashy about that? No, but the end re- if you want the end result that you want to get, uh, you have to do those kind of things. I agree. I agree. Well, Coach, like I said at the beginning, that's, I'm very simple. That's all I have for you. I'm very honored that you came on. You know, this isn't a big podcast. Like I said, I had like seven listeners. So I appreciate you taking your time and your Sunday to come be on this with me. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled to do it. And, uh, man, Tag me on it in Twitter, and, uh, man, we'll get this thing out there to people. Yeah, uh, when I get it released, uh, I'll definitely tag you. Um, But, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, Everybody out there listening, do the right thing so we can get through this COVID time. So if we do the right things, we'll get through it a a lot faster. Uh, So, guys, I'll see you next time.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. Not sure how much life is left in your battery? Our professional parts people will test it for free. If it does need to be replaced, we'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Our superstar batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.